The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels, identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Good morning, it's Nicholas Barrett. We are going out live from Los Angeles, California, literally to all over the world. So wherever you may be, north, south, east, and west, near, far, and wide, I extend you a warm welcome. Love knows no bounds. It can transcend to Australia and New York just as well as it can here in our hometown of Los, of Los Angeles. Thank you so much for making this time to be on this show. You know, I'm blessed to do this and to have, and to have you also make this a part of your day. It's a choice you've made. There are many other things you can do. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that. Uh, I don't know whether you've been on this show one time or a thousand times, but it's not a show about religion. It's the good news and the bad news world that you and I are all living in. That's really our reality. We're focused on the badness of things, and even political campaigns are designed whoever is ruder and harsher seems to score more, but it's not the way we were intended to live. So my intent is to uplift, inspire, and elucidate the human mind to think out of the forest, to go countercultural, as it's the culture that's got us in the mess that we now find ourselves. You know, I'm believing like the show banner K2, the banner of the, the, one of the largest mountain peaks, it's one of the hardest to climb. It's almost as high as Everest. I believe it's about 700 feet less at 28,400 feet. But that we can actually connect. The purpose of that is to connect to a better way of thinking, to have a better way of living. So this show airs live on the amazing Voice America platform Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. And each episode is then made available worldwide on the iTunes platform. You've just got to go on to New Dimensions. So if you can't be on the show or if there's something you want to revisit, very often when I'm listening to a lot of speakers, I like to revisit things. It's like a movie. When we see it the second time, it's amazing how many things we haven't noticed the first time. But that sometimes only becomes apparent when we go back a second time. So I'm going to give you a story, just like uh, an aircraft before it takes off, it goes around the runway to prepare for takeoff, so to prepare our mind. When we can slow our mind down because it's spinning at 60,000 thoughts a day, we can then be more present and hear more clearly. So I want to take you back to, and this story will, will come into presence in, in, your, in your very day where you are now. This is 2010, the month is August, the day is the 5th. The story unfolds in Chile and is the site of one of the largest gold copper mines in the world. It's located in Chile's Atacama Desert. When a group of men working more than 2,300 feet below the Earth's surface, when one of the miners noticed what he thought was a butterfly, his other colleagues all disagreed. What it actually was was a white rock referring to a translucent milky way quartz 
that glimmers when it catches light. It actually reflects the light. It's a milky quartz. It was a harbinger because they all moved less than 20 meters from that spot. And that one falling rock became a massive explosion and the area around them filled with dust. Unknown to them, this was one part of an incredible collapse occurring throughout that mine. The men, along with 31 others, were about to undergo an ordeal. The likes, few suffer and fewer even survive. The next time they saw daylight, they would be global heroes and their lives would forever be changed. So the collapse of the 121-year-old mine, the San Jose mine, on August 5, 2010, became international headline news. You may recall this. 33 men were trapped underground for a total of 69 days, battling starvation and hopelessness as the world waited anxiously for the news of their rescue. So a single block of diorite, as tall as a 45-foot 45-story building had broken off from the rest of the mountain. Diorite is a kind of a rock-like substance, and it was falling through the layers of the mine, causing a chain reaction as the mountain above it collapsed too. It's just like a domino. When you put one in place, it builds up and knocks them all over. And this, that piece the men would later learn was about 550 feet tall. We're not talking about a small piece. 550 feet tall, weighing about 770,000 pounds. So if you can imagine, twice the weight of the Empire State Building. In the ensuing quake, several men were knocked off their feet by a blast wave as the walls began to shake and the stones the size of oranges began falling around them. A quick inspection showed that all their connections to the surface had been cut. Electricity, their intercom, their communication, the flow of water and compressed air, all gone. So just picture this, a scene 2,300 feet, 2,300 feet down a hole in pitch darkness, in a, now in a small room called the Refuge, not knowing their fate if they'd see light in hours, days, weeks, months, or never. Their inventory of food included one can of salmon, one can of peaches, one can of peas, 18 cans of tuna, 24 liters of condensed milk, and I believe 10 of those were ruined, and 93 packages of cookies, some of those had already been eaten. Just like we do in the cupboard at night, we have dinner sometimes, we raid the, the cookie pantry, and we nibble. So you can imagine with, with 33 guys doing that, some of those cookies, quite clearly, there was a lot less cookies. There was also a mere 10 bottles of water, oily, dirty water, occasionally used for bathing. It was drinkable, just enough to keep them alive. That was all that was left for 33 men. If they really, really stretched it, the food would probably last for about a week at most. There then ensued an extensive rescue effort with many nations offering help, including the United States with a 2,600-pound drill. It took three separate drilling efforts to effectively attempt to rescue the trapped men. So miraculously, on October the 12th, the first man appeared through a 28-inch hole that a rescuer had gone down. I'm certain that most of the trapped men had thought this was the end, but God knew that this trip was just the beginning for greater things to come in their lives. Today, life has presented these men with different challenges, but this event unites them as a reminder of what can be achieved with will and faith. So friends, I'm going to get onto this. You could be in a dark tunnel in your life right at this moment, thinking it's the end. It could be a marriage, a betrayal, an addiction, a sickness, poverty, depression you can't shake, an abuse from childhood, or even right now, a job that you retired from thinking it would be the answer to your pain, but you now find the pain has just followed you. 
just manifested itself in a different realm. See, I don't know your circumstances, but you know them, and most importantly, just like with the miners, God knows them. I'm here to tell you that like those miners, God is one of the miraculous. He can turn things around in an instant. You need to just elevate your faith so that you can put yourself in the position for him to pull you out of that tunnel into the glorious light. I'm believing with you, friend, whatever your circumstance, that you can achieve this with your will and faith, just like these miners did. But I'm excited to get into the title for this week. It's happening even when you can't see it. And I'll repeat that again. The title is, It's Happening Even When You Can't See It. All the things that we can presently see, they have one commonality, that at one time they were yet unseen. This very day you're experiencing was unseen. You yourself came from a seed that for nine months remained unseen. The building you're living in was once an idea that then became a foundation, a framework, a structure that is now seen, but was once unseen. One of the tallest buildings in the world, the Sears Tower in Chicago, which is 108 stories, about 1,450 feet, that was once an idea that was unseen. It appears that although many things that become seen, our tug-of-war always remains in a tussle between the unseen and the seen. Unseen, which is not observed, perceived, which is invisible and not directly evident to you. And the seen is to perceive with your eyes to look at, meaning it's become manifest and you can tangibly see the object. I recall when I was a young boy around Christmas time that I would see beautiful gifts wrapped under a tree. I used to think if only I could see what was inside those amazing colorful wrappers. It then becomes apparent from how most of us lead our lives that we're in a constant condition of wanting to see what is inside, although it's not in the form of a wrapped gift that our dilemma lies, but in the perpetual thought in our head, which is asking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I get these thoughts. You may get these thoughts. It's this thought, the media and the culture that can impact us to take on a very uneasy, fear-based life. Most of the things we're fearing, we're fearing the unknown or we're fearing things that have not yet become seen. Our surety is in things, obviously, that we've passed because we've overcome them. The mere fact you're listening to me and I'm being able to communicate this to you is we've overcome everything that we've passed. I think we'll all agree on that. It's the fear and the stress and the worry of what is coming. So it's fear-based lives we've been conditioned to do. And Hebrews 11 tells us, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. So to put it into context in your life, what this really means is you are not pulling back because you can't see things in your life improving. That could be the job, could be the marriage, could be the sickness, the things we covered earlier in this segment. But in faith, you're pushing forward. The things hoped for are not mere fragments of your imagination. The basis is the word of God. You know, every day we tussle. Do we believe in fear or do we believe in faith? It's a choice. Faith is a choice. It's an attitude and a conviction to believe in good things coming, to believe in God. Faith is the principle that exercises the mind, which has for its object things not seen but hoped for. So the object is not visible, but it's hoped for, and which instead of sinking under them as too stressful, whether from their difficulty or from their uncertainty, we stand firm under them, support and sustained under pressure. In other words, is assured of confides in and relies on them. 
So I'm relying that just like everything that's revealed in my life right now, what is coming before me is going to manifest in good because I've made a conviction to believe in faith. And if we're believing in fear, we've just been attacked by the enemy because that's not how we were created in being. Being is I'm supplied to live my life out, just like the bird who flies through the sky. I'm not living in fear. I'm living in faith because I know my story is going to come. So we just have to make a, a conscious decision. What are we going to trust? Are we going to trust the, the word or are we going to trust the Channel 5 news, the media? And they're all based on fear because that's our default button as human beings. That's our human nature. But as we know, human nature and the way we were created are two different things. There always will be a tug of war. That's why we need to have church. That's why we need to have the word. That's why we need to have shows because like the brain is like a muscle. It's like a six pack on your abdominal wall. The only way you hone it and get strong is if you're continuing to work it. So the only way you can work the mind and the faith is by what you see with the eye and what you hear with the ear. They're the only things God gave us to be able to see communication, whether it's oratory communication like this or whether it's visual communication. It has to be in one of those ways. So what you focus on really will align you to whether you have faith in the unseen or fear in the unseen. If you're living worried about what might happen to you, you've chosen not to live in faith, but you simply have made a decision to live in fear. You've chosen to believe your inner voice, the media or your friends. Those are all founded from their perceptions, their social conditionings, and the norms based off negative assumptions. It will be the source of all of your stress and will become your limitation. Faith will give substance to what God's word promises to have the mindset to accept future blessings within a present existence as God has already planned it for you from start, middle, and end. So with a deepening of faith, you'll then be able to position yourself to receive all that's been assigned for your life. Whatever you're going through is what it is, right? It can be bad. I'm not saying it's not bad. There are bad things. There are abuses, there are addictions, there are tragedies, there are tragic accidents, things that we cannot simply understand. There are children that die eight days old, people that die unexplainably. But our thought is not in those things. Faith is not based on those things. Faith is based in, I'm going to walk this out and all things are going to work for good. So I'm not looking at something near term. I'm looking at something longer term. So whatever you're going through, I just want to tell you, friend, it's not what it seems and it will not remain. We must not dwell in it, but move through it to get to a better life. If I'm remaining in something, quite clearly, I'm staying in it. If there's an oily patch on the road and I'm staying in that oil, worried about what's going to happen, I'm just going to be spinning my wheels. And many of us can live our lives spinning our wheels. This message, again, is for somebody. Many can live our lives, and this is the tragedy. Not that we die, but it takes us so long to live. It takes us so long to manage our stress, so long not to get stuck in coulda, woulda, shoulda. So when we clear that, we can then clear the atmosphere to get things that are, that are unseen to become seen, just like we prepared with this story, just like a Formula One car does a warm-up lap that takes a preparation to be able to prepare for things to come and manifest in our lives. So how can you build up faith on what is not seen? You may be saying, well, yeah, it's unseen. How can I have faith in that? I'm going to give you a story about this in the second segment. We're going to talk more about this story. I'm going to take you back to a time in my childhood 
that I was very fearful of, of the depth of an ocean because to me that always had a mystique about it. The way, even at night with the white waves crashing on the shoreline, I used to spend a lot of time with my parents in the summertime uh, uh, in the Mediterranean and waves crashing on the shore. And there was always a mystique about the ocean, about an, going out in a big ocean liner and seeing that darkness all around. And there was unseen, which obviously offered fear. And I'm going to explain to you a story what I actually learned from my father. I've learned a lot of things from him. He passed away tragically in 2008, but some of those lessons I learned remain with me. When I was younger, I didn't listen because we have a built-in resistance. Sometimes our resistance is the biggest barrier to having things unseen becoming manifest because we're so prepared that it's going to be bad or it's not going to work out that even when it does become seen, we can't even see it. We will look at flaws and faults but we're going to talk about this in the second segment. We're going to talk about more about strengthening in the seen versus unseen. I'm going to give you some examples of those things. And we're about to take a break. Again, I want to thank you. You can access this show on iTunes if you want to listen to stored episodes or re-listen, revisit. New Dimensions, you put in the search word New Dimensions or Reverend Nicholas Barrett. Or you can go to the wonderful, amazing uh, site, which is Voice America. And I want to thank Voice America for making this show possible. God, firstly, Voice America, and then my willingness to do it. It's always a blessing to me. And I look forward to talking to you in the second segment. Have a great break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Reverend Nicholas Barrett is available for public and private speaking functions, counseling, and for interviews on radio and television programs, churches, and conferences. Visit EmpowerBeyondHorizon.com for more information. Reverend Nicholas is the author of two books about reworking your life, one habit at a time. He can work with you one-on-one or by telephone sessions. In order to have different, better results in your life, you must develop new habits. Reverend Nicholas can help you make those moves. Visit EmpowerBeyondHorizon.com and start your change today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guests today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. to have you back in the second segment. We're using computer technology because I've often said that we're technologically more advanced than at any time before, but societally more depraved and more separated, more isolated. But we're using this. We could be using this for lewd things, but we're using this to encourage ourselves. And the amazing thing is I could be talking to you as I am in Poland, in New Zealand, in Russia, in Australia, London, Germany. And it's amazing. It's like we're, we're sitting here having a cup of coffee, talking about how we're going to improve our lives. And that's really from the bottom of my heart what I want is to glory to God is just to improve your life, challenge your mind from the daily routine 
to expand and just have a greater life, have the best life that God intended for you to have. But getting back into the second segment, I think I was talking right before the break about how a lot of my father's teachings, I didn't realize that at the time, how they've helped me in many ways. And I recall the ocean, as you remember, I was just recapping on that, how that dark unseen and the fear of what was actually down there as a young boy. So I remember the first time I swam in the ocean. As a young boy, I'd watch my father swim out into the Mediterranean Ocean. He would go so far, he'd almost be in the horizon. I would wonder what those deep unseen waters contained and wanted to be able to swim out too, but I was afraid because I couldn't see how deep it would be. Again, it's that unknown. So one day, my father swam out as he normally would from the shoreline, and he then shouted out to me, swim out to me. I froze for a second and then with great trepidation started to edge my way into the water. I began to swim out, but all along wondered about the deep unseen water, what was there and if I'd even make it. My father called out to me, keep your eyes on me. I did and my strokes got faster and faster as I did that. I gained in confidence and, and determination not to sink into the deep unseen. After not very long, I found myself holding onto my father's hand and out into the deep. He gave me a hug and congratulated me for what I'd just done. Then he said, how do you feel? I replied, scared. I was real honest, scared, but determined not to sink into the deep. He then said, I have something to tell you. I picked a rare part of the Mediterranean Ocean, which is known for remaining less than four feet deep for about 200 meters from the shoreline, actually 300 meters from the shoreline, about a quarter of a mile. My father said that he'd asked me to swim out with him because he knew that my mind would think the water would be very deep, but wanted me to conquer the fear of the unseen. My fear was that I wouldn't make it as the water would just be too deep. I'd never been that far before. He challenged me and at the same time knew me so well that I wouldn't let myself sink. I was surprised, but at the same time proud of what I've just achieved and what I dreamt of as a young boy, that he also trusted me and I trusted him so much that I can now challenge the unseen. My father's words were, remember this, you can achieve anything you want in your life. You've just got to believe that it can happen before you see it happening. So my father taught me many things, as I said, that I warmly recall, and I use them daily. And as I say, resistance sometimes is our reason why we don't persist in our faith, because we're resisting. We think we know it all. And that part of that is fear, fear in the unseen. Part of that is pride. Part of that is just our propensity to do that. So I recall this event vividly, and it's the foundation of the principle of having a vision strong enough in your present to be then manifest into your reality. So you need to have that vision that's strong enough to impact your present, which is fear, to manifest into the reality, which, which will become the unseen, will be transverse to become the seen. So it critically challenges the way you and I and many of us think. I'll believe it when I see it. This is a common um, word, a common place that we've put our faith in. We put our faith in believing and seeing it. Uh, we put our faith in luck, happenstance, and flux. It can impact your entire life to live in cynicism, limitation, and unbelief. It's all born from that, I'll believe it when I see it, from that doubting Thomas attitude. So one of the greatest barriers, again, I'll repeat this, one of the greatest barriers you have, and this message is for somebody to a better life, is your resistance. This can be also in a marriage, it can be in a career, or any other area of our lives that need improving. Remember, resistance to change is often 
the opposite of faith. It's actually fear. So the concept, which is believed by most people, that you cannot taste, if you cannot taste, see, or touch, in other words, all the senses, taste, see, touch, smell, or hear, is that it doesn't exist. Sometimes we allow our thinking to affect even our spiritual beliefs by attributing everything that happens in our lives to a natural cause and effect. We can often have so much doubt in our minds that we may not even believe it when it does become manifest. You know, I often say, tell that to Columbus Einstein or Jack Kennedy when he pioneered America to put a man on the moon, which didn't happen until 10 years after he uh, spoke it. So he had to wait 10 years for it to become manifest, but his vision was strong enough eventually that it happened. So your perception supported by your convictions as a result of your chosen beliefs. Belief always comes first before perceptions and convictions. So John 20, 29 tells us, then Jesus told him, because you have not seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So Jesus was crucified at the place of the skull. It's referred to as Calvary, which is Golgotha. It was on a Friday, and then he was re resurrected on a Sunday. So it was three days between the Friday and the Sunday. In that time, all the disciples had disappeared at the time of probably out of fear of their own arrest when he was arrested. So John 18, 15 tells us Peter's fear of arrest caused him to repeatedly deny that he even knew Jesus. So it's fear. The place would have been easy to get to as it's just outside Jerusalem. But the reality is that all his devoted disciples have left. Even Mary Magdalene, Mary, his mother and the mother of his half brother, James, had all gone. You know, this is how many of us can live our lives. We're okay when the marriage is good, the kids are going, are doing exactly what we want with their lives, money's coming in, acclaim, success, our health is good, and everything seems to be just rolling on the way we want it. We're very good at the beginning, and when we can see things the way, the way they line up. However, it's in the middle when many of us give up. Many things don't happen in our lives very simply because we give up. Many prayers don't get answered simply because we stop praying for things if they don't happen on our timetable. So we don't need the end faith. We don't need the faith for the end. We need to stir up our faith in the middle. We need a middle kind of faith. You know, you might be waiting for a doctor's report, a marriage that's going through a difficult time. Maybe someone's been unfaithful, lied to you. It might be a child with an addiction, a depression that you appear not to shake. It may be a debt that may be feeling, you may be feeling helpless. It could be a business, could be credit cards, could be repairs in a building. I tell you, friend, that God will not give you what you can, he knows you cannot handle. If I took your circumstances or you took mine, we'd tumble because each of us is equipped and prepared to go through their own individual challenges. We're all in, strong because we're made in his likeness, but we all have individual challenges that we're prepared for. That's why it's an individual walk. So we must raise our faith to position ourselves to receive the victory that's already been won in those challenges and appointed for your life. It's happening even when you can't see it. So who needs to raise their faith, I ask today, in the middle? Who needs the middle kind of faith? Unbelief can rob you of the unseen that's assigned to your life. Unbelief is a trap that has the power, if unchecked, to navigate our entire lives. It can cloud our thinking as it binds us to things that should be straightforward. Our human condition veils many things from becoming a manifest as we just do not believe. It was the unbelief of God's promise to the Israelites walking to the promised land that turned an 11-day journey into 40 years. It's the unbelief. Very often, it's, it's, as I say, it's not the 
fear of the unseen. It's, it's the lack of belief in the unseen. You know, due to our life experiences, our taking on disappointments and our mind's conditioning, we develop this fear. We develop this worry and anxiety. Society is, is full of it. This then clouds us so that we don't have in life what was intended for us. It's that simple because we're not prepared. We haven't prepared for it. The battlefield is not in what has or has not happened, but it's in your mind. I mean, God knew this 3,500 years ago when Moses left Exodus with those 6,000 men and an unspecified amount of women and children. He also knows this of us now. Nothing's changed because human nature is timeless. But the solution is also timeless, and that is to bridge the separation to God to increase our faith and then not remain in the 40-year mode, but one that gives you a more effective life. Many of us are stuck in a 40-year mode with our lives, but we're expecting 11-day results. Very often, we do not change our way of thinking, but we expect the results to change. Things that just happen and flow in quickly and on, on a different time frame. But when we're in this 40-year mode, we're setting ourselves up for exactly that, things not to change. We need to make a change to have the 11-day faith, to have the 11-day faith for things to come into our lives. So 2 Corinthians 5.7 tells us, for we walk by faith, not by sight. If we want to walk by faith, our trust in God, his sovereignty, his character, and his nature must transcend all other things. All of our human problems through the generations of the Bible have been through walking in a separated state, which is your natural realm. But if we want the best from life, it can only be from the spiritual realm. Remember, we're created in his likeness and character. So when you win the battle of your mind, the unseen is no longer a problem because you're living not by sight, but you're now living by faith. You're not living by what's seen. You're living by an expectation of good things coming. I know things are going to be good because I've just put my faith in that. It's like backing something, a horse or something with surety. I'm not worried about it. You know why I've got a conviction to believe it's going to be good. So Romans 12, 22 tells us to back this up. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then this will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing, perfect will. Ephesians tells us, Ephesians 4, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. This is why it's so important to, to really focus on the mind. So let me break this down for you. In the time that the show permits, obviously we've got this episode and there's a lot to cover, and there's only so much I can cover. Let me break it down. We were born with a spirit mind, but it's through living that it got messed up. It got rewired and then became a collective, societally conditioned mind. And I've said earlier in the show, it's not the life that's the problem, it's the mind that is the cause of all of our problems. Our mind has deceived us to believe that we live in a bad world one of limitations and scarcity. While the truth is the world is great, it's amazing, beyond what you and I can think or imagine. I mean, there's over you know, 9,600 birds, there's over 4,000 types of flowers. So beyond what you and I can think and imagine, even our arteries can wrap around the world, world's surface two and a half times. So it's our mind believing thinking. It's the image beyond what we can think. It's the mind that has created scarcity and limitations. So the world that we see is a reflection of our thoughts about it. What we see is what basically what we get. So when we change the way we look at things, very simply, the things we look at change. If we change our attitude to the world, 
it would change. It would become one of possibility, one of love, one of purpose, of one of what am I going to do back for this world while I'm in it. You would value your time differently. It's all about a perspective. It comes, all comes from the mind. So by the new, we're talking in these verses about new attitude, new mind. It's meant the new nature, the new creature, directed by a new principle through regenerating grace, through regeneration. If we've had a magazine prescription, we can renew it. Very simply, if we've had a different mind when we were born as a child, we can re, re, refurbish it. Very simply, you cannot refurbish or restore something that you haven't had before. So all of these things, by the renewing of the mind, really mean we had it before and we've got to renew it. Just like a house that needs painting, very simply, it was once in new condition and you restore it, just like a car. You may have a collection of cars or one car that's an antique. You restore it because it was once like that. Very simply, it's the regenerating process. But with us, it's the regenerating process of the mind, the soul, and the emotions. Our limbic emotional system, which is the automotive mind that's become, you know, become jacked up. So it enables us to lead a new life, a life of righteousness and a life of wholeness. It doesn't mean conforming to what's going on out there and the standards. It means doing things differently, and wholeness, being whole, being a whole person. This is created or brought forth by God's almighty parents. It's about getting back to how you were, really, before, before things got the way they were. So it's simply going back, and we can do this really by focusing on different things, by changing the mind, because very simply, the way we're living today has been through what we're focusing on. Things that have gone wrong, the percept perception of those, the news media, uh, things that are soaked in badness because that, that is what's put out there. So it's about going countercultural. If we were going countercultural, it's like putting fire on fire. I'm talking about putting sand on fire. About like Mother Teresa, she traveled the world putting love in hate, love in war, and she got a change. Very often we're posturing, whether it's a political campaign, as I told you before, or terrorism or racial divides, we're creating that because we're, we're reacting. We're not responding. Responding is a higher power. It's responding in love. A lot of the things I do today, I don't do my, by my, my power. Ten years ago, I wouldn't be doing 30 hours of preparation to do a show. I would focus on what I'm going to get. So now I'm financing a ministry. It's solely financed by me to to give back to the world what God gave me. So very simply, the battle of the unseen can be put to death once and for all by coming to the place of acceptance that we cannot accomplish the best outcomes for our lives in the natural realm. We need the supernatural. And sometimes we try to do in the natural what can only be accomplished in the supernatural. And I'll, I'll put this out there again. It's a message to somebody. Sometimes we try to do in our natural what can only be accomplished in the supernatural. John 14, 3, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So this means that when we petition for that, we can have abilities, abilities to do things in a different way, just to manifest a different type of living. So in the third segment, we're going to talk about takeouts. We're going to talk about what tools we can use on a daily basis to change our mind. We're going to talk about think, pray, and accept, and what this really means is what pray stands for really pray pray stand is an abbreviation for pray receive accept and yield so we're requesting something accepting 
means that I'm acceptant. My, my heart's open. I'm open to accept what is being given. And yielding very simply means, you know, I'm not going to judge it. I'm just going to take it as being, we're talking more in the spiritual realm now, as part of my life. I'm going to, in other words, my parents died tragically. All these things happened. I've yielded to it to become a better version of myself. If we're not yielding, we're not surrendering in a good way to know that great is coming. We're, we're battling. We're battling against resistance. So we need to really build that up. So we're going to talk about thoughts. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about accepting. We're going to cover all of those areas and how we're going to stir up, stir up this faith. So have a great break. Thank you so much. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Hello, welcome to the third and last segment. And I always say this is actually the beginning because what we hear is only wisdom if we apply it. So we need to have the openness of heart to be able to ingest what we study, whether it's written, whether it's spoken, and actually the application becomes wisdom. We've been talking on the show it's, a, it's happening even when you can't see it. We've talked about the battle of the seen and the unseen. We've talked about how we can be prepared to better accept unseen things. In other words, to position ourselves in the present to receive them. So what is coming is all good. It's about changing your belief from what is coming is, is based upon fear or I don't really know to basing it on faith to I know some of those things will not be good. I'm promised, you know, life will be a challenge, God tells us, but we've no, I've already overcome that challenge. So regardless of your challenges, you will not flux, you will not throw, you will not be swayed. You'll be like a tree planted by the shoreline that in drought, it's flourishing and in plenty, it's flourishing. It's about developing that faith in the middle. I'm not going to get rocked by storms. I'm not going to base my faith on what's happening. I'm going to base it on a conviction 
and a belief which is stronger. I'm firmly believing no matter what I'm going to do. Just like we talked about the miners, they didn't know what was going to happen. God did, and the miraculous happened. And someone in that party has positioned themselves in a place of faith to be able to get through that, to get through a tunnel in our lives, wherever that is. We've got to have faith that what is coming is promised to be good. Whatever it is, it can be a marriage, it can be work, it can be addictions, it can be depression. If I am not believing that something is going to come from that, I may as well give up now. So a lot of us give up in the middle, not at the beginning or at the end, because when we reach that triumph, yes, yes, it's all great. But the thing is, you need to change the journey. It's about Genesis tells us it's all good. It's all going to be good, but why not enjoy the journey? So that's where we need to stir things up. Not at the beginning, not at the end, in the middle, because it's all in the middle. There is never a destination, because when we get to one destination, it takes us to another. All simply Canaan means is living in the land of milk and honey in the best for your life has to offer you. And that's everyone has their maximum potential, but it's having that in the middle faith that will take you to it because you'll not be thrown off by circumstances. All of these fluxes of finances, these emotional fluxes, these relational fluxes, we all experience those fluxes, but it means I'm solidly planted. So I have an unseen faith. My faith is not in what I can see because I don't live by sight. I do not live by sight. I live by faith. I do not live on bread alone, but everything proceeding from the Father. So we must not look at objective things as relying on a house, relying on the money we have, relying on the car we have, or the wealth we have, or the family we have, or even the things we don't have, because sometimes skewing ourselves with how bad something is now will rob you from the unseen becoming seen because mentally you can talk your way out of a better life the depression can bring you so far down that it's a spiral hey it can take you to end your life it can take you to drug your life it can take you to no longer see so when a soul becomes deadened and dark it's hard for it to receive light very simply you have to be prepared and i talked about preparing the mind because it has a propensity to be negative you know, 60,000 thoughts a day, which I refer to as ants, automatic negative thinking. We have to be aware of those. So prayer and the word of God is armor. It's warfare. You know, the battle is not the flesh, but spiritual, which means above us in the principalities. So it's not against the flesh. It's against things out of us. So it's a battle of dark and light. So you need always to be honing in, just like that spiritual six pack, honing it in, honing it in. So the scene will no longer be a battle. You will be in the middle knowing things are happening. And I'm speaking this really out of my heart because I was always focused on, oh, my goodness, if this happens, if I don't get this amount of money or don't date this girl or this doesn't happen in my marriage when I had one. You know, all of these things, they keep us neurotic. They keep us really on, on antidepressants, which most of us rely on. They keep us on happy pills. They keep us depressed. They keep us down. But more importantly, this is where my heart really is. They're robbing you from what's been assigned to your life because you're crippled in depression. I spoke to a lady the other day. She has a very high income for a sales job, but she said most of the people that work in my career are on antidepressants. They hate their life because they made their life about what is seen. Yes, they're in this business, but they're unseen as being blinded because they've, they've lost their faith in the middle. You need to have faith in the tunnel to get rescued after 69 days to be on the world news. So I'm trying to stir this middle faith. I want you to have a middle faith. So 
let's look at takeouts for the show. We talked about what pray really means, and that was to, yeah, you pray for, obviously, for kingdom provision in your earthly realm. So, but it's, it's pray, receive, accept, and yield. So most importantly, we talked about thinking, so the mind, thoughts, and I'd like you to be really aware of this, thoughts are fields of energy that can either be positive or negative. It's like a, putting in your laptop, is, is the positive cord in, is the negative cord in a fuse? So all thinking is in that way, all energy fields, either positive or negative, light or dark. So by raising your awareness of how you think, you can shift your thoughts to align with what you want from your life. I need to align my thoughts for the business. I need to align my thoughts for the marriage to improve. I need to align my thoughts to be healed. And I need to bind and arrest any form of fear, any form of death or depression or illness. And I need to align my thoughts with that. So, for example... When you take your focus on what you don't have and instead put your focus on what you do have, you shift from a perceived lack to an abundance. So very simply, two men, and I've said this in another show, they can have exactly the same, the ones living in poverty mentality, the ones has everything he needs. Very simply, it's not what they have, it's what their attitude is internally that's manifested their external, what they can see on the outside. Of course, one is focusing on fear. That could be unseen or just a social paradigm, how he's been molded to think. The other one is more aware and can see his things greater. Maybe he's been through challenges. And I tell you, I like challenges. I'm not going to say I like going through the tragedies I've been through. However, I'm grateful in them because they've given me the ability to do this today and given me the ability to focus not on getting but on giving. And I've never really met a person whose life has been about giving who hasn't had a joy. I've met many multimillionaires, maybe even worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Their focus is so dark because it's about getting and it becomes an addiction. When your life is all about getting, it can never be about giving. So there's always a, a need. There's always an unseen fear because you haven't got enough. So the unseen is fearful. But when it's about giving, you know, it's universal. You can take it just like the show. Potentially 7 billion people could be listening to the show. And I hope if it's God's will, they are. So your positive thoughts will align you to have what you were created to be. Who were you were created to be? You were created in God's image and his likeness, a creation in being, which is a constant source of authentic power within you. It has potential, joy, creativity, purpose, and love. So if you're not feeling these things a lot of the time, I'm not saying we have serotonin hormones in our mind. Sometimes when it's dark weather, our chemicals are imbalanced. Yes, we may get a depression for a moment, but we may get sorrow for a moment, but joy always comes in the morning. So if you're not feeling good, it means your focus is wrong. You need to, you're focusing on the negative way of recharging your computer, which is your brain, not on the positive, not on the positive cord. So you need to just change your energy level. And this really is something you may want to re-listen to. It's such an important thing to grasp for the rest of, really for the rest of your life, your spiritual life, your marital life, your single life, all of these things. Can, you can transcend them with this transcendent form of thinking. You can transcend all of those things so they're no longer an issue. They're no longer fear, worry, anxiety, and, and happy pills because you've trans you've gone above that. You've gone back to who you were. Greater is he in you that's in this world. 
I will mount on wings of eagles. So I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All of these things should resonate with you that, you know, you are a masterpiece. You are greater than you think. So really your thoughts need to change to line up with that. If I don't change my thoughts, how am I going to change my life? How am I going to believe those things? I will stay stuck in fear, scarcity, limitations, and lack. Very simply, I will be cynical. I will be cynical, limited, and not really living. I'll be basically striving and not thriving. So the choice is really yours to make on a daily basis. What kind of life do you want? You have to think it. You really have to think it and be aware of it. So we talked about prayer. And this is the most fundamental way of communicating with God is through prayer. It's your only way of communication. He's a spirit, so he's everywhere omnipresent. But that is your only way of communicating with the spirit who you were created in spirit. So many of us, you know, we get busy and sidetracked and we simply forget to pray. I do this at times. I get busy writing a show or busy writing a book or busy blogging or busy sometimes on Twitter. So prayer helps center you. It slows the mind down and it helps you to reinforce your identity and who you are in being and not be swayed by the flux of the day that's around you. You're connecting to being, which is independent of all that's going on around. Just like Paul said, consider it all joy, regardless of what's happening around me, my faith is strong enough. In other words, I'm plugged in regardless. I'm, I'm focused, just like a plane that's on air traffic control. It has the radar set let's say from Australia to London, you know, storms come, winds come, maybe thunderstorms even come, but that plane is so firm in its destination that it's not being swayed. That's what I want for you. Firm, firm. So it, it helps send you. This will help you. It'll help keep you uplifted, focused and effective. I set aside time each day to develop a relationship with God. I, I do it early, first thing in the morning. It can be when you're sharing. It could be when you're preparing. And then last thing in the evening, you know, I shut the computer down and then I, I have a communication. It, the way I start the day and the way I finish, the way I start the day dictates how my day is going to be led. So very important how I'm going to start in the morning, just like preparing that race car and how I finish that day is how I'm going to wake up. So they're key things. After a game, a team decompresses, they get massages, they get showers. So after the game, they are finishing what they've done to prepare for the next time. And when they're teaming up to, let's say, the NBA finals are on right now, the conference finals, they're preparing and warming up for the game before the game. They're not warming up in the middle of the game, they're warming up before. So we need to warm up for the day at the beginning, cool down at the end so that we can prepare for the next one. So accepting, and I mentioned this earlier, accepting your circumstances. And this is the key to a thriving as opposed to striving mindset. Many of us are trying to fight change. And to be honest, we try to control things. It's all about control, controlling those unseen outcomes. We want the outcomes that we want. So of course, we're not accepting things. We're controlling outcomes. So it's like a large vessel that's out at sea. If it's moving with ocean currents to its destination, it's going to get there smoothly. But when it stops in the sea and resists, it's getting nowhere. It's seen waves, high waves. It's actually stopped in that sea. Yes, it's there, but it's not accepting of the current. It's not going to move forward to its destination. So in your life, you want to be moving forward, not the resistance. There has to be acceptance 
regardless of what is happening or what God's allowing to come in, I, I'm accepting that it's all working for good. I may not see it now, but I'm believing that it will be seen. You see how that shifts your mind? So just like that vessel, that's a powerful word picture. Imagine something changing in your life and you're like that large vessel just being buffeted by waves. You're just staying there, refusing, stuck, stubborn in our pride or our selfishness or our revenge, vengefulness, our resistance, all of those things, or just the habit of, of how we think. So stop using, you know, your precious energy to control and resist. Instead of it, use it to persist and go forward. We don't want to be resistant. We want to be persistence will help you go forward. Resistance will keep you stuck. And go forward to what God has for you because around the corner, it's waiting for you to claim. All of your potential is not in the steps gone by, but the ones coming forward. So stop trying to control what you can't control. Instead, focus on what you can control which is changing your way of thinking so that you can change your way of living. Very simply, you only have so much energy and time, my friend, on this earth. You need to use it in the things that will manifest the unseen to be a great blessing, but enjoy the process of getting there. Life is a, is a process of unfolding greatness. It's a journey. It's a journey of moving forward. But in that moving forward, we have to embrace things and welcome things, you know, be joyous with it. We have to have full love, full potentiality, and that can only come from acceptance. If I'm not accepting, simply I'm resisting. And most of us is we have resistance instead of persistence, and we don't have fear instead of faith. These are going to be the takeouts. Do you choose resistance instead of persistence or fear instead of faith? I want to thank you again. We're coming to an end. Glory to God for giving me the strength, desire, and wisdom and love in you guys. I love you all because he first loved us first. So I want you to make it a great week, re-listen to the show, tweet it, tell your friends about it. It's about growing us as a world and we're growing together. We're all experiencing. We're all in this together. God's in it with you. He will overcome it with you. You're great. You're amazing. Speak to you next time. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week.